So when I look at what it takes to become superhuman, if we just like take all that aside and you say like, well, I want to be greater than I am now. Well, you have to either know something new, be able to deeply understand something new, communicate something that moves people into action or take action yourself. Those are kind of the sum total of things that exist for people to do. Um, And then it's only a matter of how do you apply those? So if you apply those to protect people, care for people, make people feel seen, help people avoid harm, those are superhero ways of being. And if you use it to further your own ends, it's kind of villainous or can be at least. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I have a special guest today that I think you're going to love. I've been Facebook or not Facebook stalking, internet stalking him and have already decided that I liked him and he's going to be my friend. So I have a feeling you're going to feel the same way. Let me tell you about Jeff Gibbard. He is the author of The Lovable Leader, a professional speaker and the founder of several companies, including Super Productive and the Super Hero Institute, a certification program for coaches that want to help their clients grow revenues and unlock their potential to make a positive impact on the world. Jeff is also the host of his own popular podcast called Shareable. So make sure you go check that out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Jeff, welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really glad to be here. Yeah. So I'm loving, um, I can tell you're a dad. Um, and I'm also loving Talking about your... that. Yeah. Well, that's mine. That's, that's yours. Mine. Yeah. That's mine. We don't have any kids. Okay. <laughs> I just love pink princess castles. It's Obviously. My yeah. No, it... that's my, um, I allow my daughter to have a tea party with me in there. Oh, that's so yeah. nice that you invite her to your tea parties. I do. I do. I, I like very fancy fine teas and, um, you know, I'm bringing her up right. Nice. I like that. As a daddy's girl, I very much appreciate that. Although I doubt my dad would ever appreciate fine teas. Um, Maybe a good dark coffee, but I'm more of a coffee guy, but you know, I'm getting into the tea thing for the princess. Anything for the princess. Of course. Yeah. As a good host of a tea party would do. So, so let's dive in because your whole thing is about unlocking human potential to make a positive impact in the world. And that feels really big. So do you want to land that plane somewhere and get us started on like what drove you to this end result that you're looking for? Sure. I would look at that as sort of like, that's the, that's the big tent of the whole thing, right? So like everything fits under that roof. Yeah. Which is that I'm about trying to help people discover their unique abilities and then encouraging them to use those abilities to make the world kinder, safer, and more equitable. So unlock human potential for good. So that superheroes is like the underlying foundation of it all. So how do I do that? Across every type of thing that I do, um, that is a through line that exists. So in, uh, for instance, my book, The Lovable Leader, I talk about leadership as a pathway to get there. Uh, In my business, Super Productive, which is a productivity consulting firm, we deal in neuro-inclusive work environments and productivity for everyone so that everybody can thrive in the way that they need to, and so on and so forth. Across all the different businesses I have and all the different things I do, there is an underlying component of helping people find their inner thing and then unleashing it so they can make the world better. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And see, you do it through the lens of the lovable leader. I do that through the lens of branding. 
And isn't it interesting that we have so much in common, but we have different Trojan horses to get there? <laughs> well, actually, I also work in brand. And when I do it, I call it heroic branding. So what I do in it at the beginning of a branding engagement is I try to uncover what is it that the company, the person would do, even if they didn't make any money? What is the thing they care about so deeply that they would do it even if it cost them money? So I want to get to the underlying root cause of what drives them to do what they do. Because if you can do that and then make money, now we're dealing with something really powerful. Yeah. And you get to live a joyful life. You, I mean, it's just, it's so different. So, okay. I, I There's so many things to unpack here with you. Um, I want to be Pull a thread. Let's do it. Well, could we, this was not on the agenda originally, not that we have an agenda, but just in my mind as I was thinking through things, but then you just said something that sparked my interest because I am neurodivergent and I was really good at picking my bosses when I was employed. And so I picked good bosses and good work environments that allowed me to show up as holy me without making me operate in a linear function. So can you talk a little bit about what you were just saying? I think you... I'm not really sure. It just caught my eye. I was like, oh, wait, yep. that sounds like something I want to talk about. Awesome. That's exactly, you know what? This makes sense now. We were chatting before we started recording and there's no wonder why we immediately fell into a pattern. <laughs> Neurodivergent people talking to one another, there's like an instant like, oh my God, you're like me. There's like yeah. that scene in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse where the two Spider-Men basically are like, oh, you're like me. Um, okay, so I have ADHD. Uh, I've known for a long time. I'm not a late diagnosis, which I'm very grateful for because I grew up most of my life knowing I process the world a little differently. And I didn't necessarily know exactly what that meant throughout my life, but I did know it was different. And later in life, um, within the last two years or so, I've also discovered that I'm definitely on the autism spectrum somewhere. Mm -hmm. So the combination of the ADHD and the autism makes so many things that have happened to me in my life make sense. And within those various diagnoses, there's different ways that that show up for people. One thing that for me is I call myself psychologically unemployable. And I do that because I believe that I exhibit either the PDA or ODA profiles of basically don't tell me what to do. I like if you try to limit my autonomy in any way whatsoever, I have a complete un, like unadulterated meltdown. So I've never really done well having jobs like traditional jobs, like a boss, like someone who like how can a, another grown up tell me what to do? Doesn't make sense. I digress. Some of the things that I like to do in my work and part of the way that I approach my work is of the understanding that every person is themselves. They are a unique individual that has strengths, weaknesses, triggers, rocket fuel, things that make them different, things that make them superior in some ways and some that disable them or disadvantage them in some ways. So there are these bevy of things that make all of us the humans that we are. And I believe that it is incumbent upon us as leaders, as managers, as peers to create environments where people can thrive. Mm -hmm. But that means remove the barriers, try to eliminate the triggers, try to pour as much rocket fuel on someone as you can so that they can do their best work that that makes them sing inside. So when we, as I mentioned before, with the neuroinclusive work environments, um, when my business partner and I came together to form Super Productive, uh, we were both Asana certified pros. So we help companies set up Asana. We do Monday, we do Notion, we do uh, ClickUp. So you name it. If it's a productivity system, we can work with it. She's on the more neurotypical side of things. I'm on the neurodivergent side. So when we both came together to start this business, we realized some people really gravitated towards me and the way that I manage my work. And some people gravitate towards her. And she and I would often be like, I don't really understand. How do you like, how do you think about work? How do you process? How does that brain work? So <laughs> you're like, that, if you could tell me, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I think about it all the time. My wife is neurotypical and I'm like, I, 
I have no idea how your brain works. I'll keep telling you how mine works. You keep telling me how yours works. Mm -hmm. So what we realized was a sweet spot was organizations everywhere that we kept dealing with kept having this situation where however it was previously built wasn't working for someone. So we decided to try and set our sights on how to create workspaces that work for everyone and not in that watered down way of it works for everyone. So it works for no one, but so that each person has the workspace that they need to be able to know what they work on and how they work. And that doesn't overwhelm them. Spreadsheets make me want to hide under my desk. Spreadsheets yeah. make my business partner be like, I understand everything that is happening. Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean by it. Yeah. Well, and I'll just, you know, somebody who's been in a creative director role for the majority of my career, that is why. And I'm also, let me just back way up. I'm also the daughter of a drummer and a daughter of a chef. Like I come from creatives. So an entire chapter of the bombshell businesswoman is about working with creatives and I don't call it neurodivergent or, or anything like that, but I think by and large, you can make some reasonable assumptions that a lot of creative people tend to be neurodivergent in some form or fashion. So, um, you know, that's just a really important thing to me. And as we have conversations around DEIB, like it's yes, absolutely. Everyone should be able to show up to work as their authentic self with no mask and have a sense of belonging, which is why I love they, they're putting that B on the end of that now. That said, we cannot just relegate that to gender identity, to sexual identity, to race, to religion. Like that also has to extend over into how our brains work. And if you're neurodivergent or neurotypical, are you creating a safe place for a neurodivergent person to flourish. And so I just love that that's an aspect of your work. And I love that it's a conversation that we can actually have now where before it was like, don't tell anybody, like, I'm going to tell HR in case I need accommodations, but don't tell anybody else because I don't want to be a label. And I'm like, do, 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 I have ADD. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm very similar in that. Like, I just like kick in the door and like, I'm wearing like a flashing neon sign, <laughs> but I, I also am very, very aware and very um, forthcoming about the fact that I know that that is a privilege that I have. I work for myself like between my wife and I, like we're financially able for me to be able to make those kind of bold decisions mm -hmm. because if we weren't, it would still happen. It just would potentially come back to haunt me because it'd be on you. It would be on me. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide who I am for anyone. So like I come in and I'm like, look, I'm ADHD. I'm on the autism spectrum. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Don't give me this type of work. I'm not going to do well at it. Give me this work. I'll crush it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very forthcoming about it. And I, I wish everyone could have that. I really do. Um, and to your point, all of the various intersections that make us who we are, every all of that is fair game and should be uh, accommodated for people to just show up as themselves. Because that's where we all do our best work is when we best truly work. feel safe to be yeah. ourselves. Right? Like one of the big components of my book, uh, the three pillars of level leadership are care, trust, and safe travels. Safe mm -hmm. travels being one of the big ones. Like if you want people to accomplish big goals and go somewhere, you got to make it safe for them to do that. And that's, you know, again, like all of my work, it really kind of intersects with one another. I just kind of pick off different pieces uh, for different things that I'm doing that make the most sense. Yeah. And I find, you know, again, I said, I pick my, my leaders in my work environments. Cause I, I knew that, you know, I, I can do really great things if you, if you give me the space and the autonomy to do it. And, you know, but then you would have peers and be like, well, why does Amber not have to have her butt in her seat at nine o'clock in the morning? It's like, well, cause Amber has extensive email conversations with me at 2am. So she gets to sleep in. 
you have to be there. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's just yeah. like, like be flexible. And you know, if I had to be in my seat because functionally somebody was going to be there and I was responsible for somebody at nine o'clock, obviously I would need to be there. But like, otherwise, if all things uh, otherwise are considered, like let people work in the flow that they're excited about. Again, why I love being an entrepreneur and creating my own work environment for my team, but hundred okay. percent. So now that you've personally addressed my question for you, uh, let's think about what else the audience might know. So you say that you want people to choose the path of lovable leadership, like mm-hmm. it's a choice and it's mm-hmm. a path. So mm-hmm. can you unpack first, what is lovable leadership? Yep. What is the path? And then why is it a choice? Why isn't it just not assume that that's the path that you go? Um, I'll start with the last question, which is why is it like, why is the assumption that, um, people wouldn't just do that? And, and just within that, why is it a choice? Um, it's because it's hard Mm. that like, let me just put that right out there. The the three lenses of leadership are that it is a privilege. It is a responsibility and it is a burden. Mm -hmm. Being a great leader is hard as hell because you have to be always, 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 you have to be the best, meaning you have to care more. You have to work harder to build trust. You have less wiggle room to make mistakes. Now, I think this is counter to the current model of leadership where leaders just kind of say, well, it doesn't matter. I get the, I have the biggest title. I have the biggest check. I, you know, I'm higher in the org chart so I can make more mistakes. Like really, if anybody's going to get let go, it's going to be you. Right. But I think if your model of leadership is around, like, how do you get people to feel connected and motivated towards a goal? How do you move people from one place to another? That's a different conversation about leadership. My conversation about leadership that I'm trying to have, that I'm trying to be a part of, is not about how do we drive our team to, uh, you know, create the most profitable unit within the company. Uh, I don't care. I care about how do you move people from one place to another? How do you be someone worth following? And mm-hmm. that is about people. And it's about how people interact with people. And the reason why more people don't go that route and why there's so many bad bosses out there is that it is substantially easier to just say, well, it's not my fault. They did it right. It's so much easier to just say, well, they're an idiot. That's why it didn't work. Let's fire them and we'll hire someone else. It's so much easier to just worry about yourself, protect yourself, try and get as much as you can for yourself and treat everybody else as expendable. It is Mm. easier because it doesn't require much emotional labor, especially if you're a little bit sociopathic, right? <laughs> Which I or incredibly was, wounded. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people, man. With no tools to know how to do better yourself. Yeah, and look, I, I could go super deep on this, but like I, I would say that the dominant model of leadership, as we know it right now, is a product of patriarchy, white supremacy, and capitalism combined to create those historical conditions have created a situation where there's a certain type of leadership that is going to be the model that everybody sees the most of, and then by way of it being the most visible is often the most um, repeated or copied, right? But is it the most effective, right? Should you lead from love or lead from fear? Is it better to punish and hit your children than it is to give them positive reinforcement and guide them towards what makes them happiest in life? I mean, I have my philosophy on it, which is obviously why I wrote the book I did. But I believe that the path of lovable leadership, as I mentioned before, there's three pillars. There's care, trust, 
safe travels. I think if you remember nothing else about my book, if you read it, those are the three things. If as a leader, your model is that you are going to care about your people to the degree that you will stand up for them, you will stand up for them against themselves, against their peers, against clients, and against you. You will stand up for them against the world if you have to. You care about them as people, not as employees. If you Mm -hmm. do that, if you care about them as much when you fire them as you did when you hire them, that's lovable leadership in, in how you treat care. Trust, you can't actually have an, a, a true relationship with someone where they will follow you to the ends of the earth, where there will be actual like love and, and respect and genuine like kindness and care if there's not trust. If you don't have the sense that you can share with someone your wins and your losses, if you don't feel like you have the ability to have some sense of predictability with the person you're speaking with, how can you truly go into a situation where you feel uncertain? So you need that trust, and that's really hard to do. A lot of people do it very, very poorly. And and the the unfortunate part is it's really easy to lose trust, and it's really hard to gain trust. So oh, you could so spend true. years and years and years building trust, but you could lose it all over a weekend if you do everything the wrong way. So there's that. And then there's safety combined with setting goals, right? So safe travels is the clever combination of setting a destination and then making it safe on the way. So if you want people to aspire to remarkably big and ambitious goals, you have to make it safe for them to do it. You have to make it so that if they fail, they feel like it's okay. They can get back up, keep moving forward. That is such a huge part in my company. And it's, it's sometimes it feels a little bizarre because we go into companies that are fear-based that do control. They don't even realize it. Obviously that's part of what we're trying to help them undo, but we go into these really intense environments where people are afraid to make the wrong choice. And then in my team who's serving them, experiencing that energy, it starts to kind of, you know, you start to feel that pressure yourself. And so I'm constantly finding myself like text messaging, like, hey, that really wasn't as big of a deal as you thought. Or like, okay, I know that you're super sensitive to like not getting things perfectly. Like, please let that one go. And we're going to move on with life. And that's going to be in the rearview mirror. And we're looking through this giant, like, you know, um, dashboard here. So that's, it's just something that I think if more leaders, and I'm not a perfect leader, we could sit here for four episodes. And I can tell you, I mean, geez, (laughs) I wrote the book. I screw up all the time. Right. Right. I know. I'm like, this is what I talk and teach about. But I guess the difference is, though, we're like willing to admit it and willing to get the feedback and willing to try better. But um, if there's one thing that I just care, trust, safe travels, I think that safe travels part, the care part, you can fake the trust part. You can almost fabricate. And I'm not saying like, obviously I know that you have strategies in the book that we can unpack and truly authentically develop those things, but somebody can fake care. Somebody can fake trust. What they can't fake is that setting the destination and making it safe on the way that requires truly standing by that principle when it's hard to point it it's it's easier to point a finger yeah 100 percent. i'll tell you uh one of the questions that i think will kind of reveal any of those three where there's a weakness is if something's going on in one of those command and control type environments and you see someone is scared to fail or they're scared to something asking them if you obviously if you have the kind of relationship with them where there's trust there and you can ask this question but say just tell me like what what is it that you're scared of right now? Like what what is causing the fear? Mm-hmm. And if you can keep kind of digging into that 
I ask my daughter this all the time when she's mm-hmm. like afraid to go to sleep. It's usually monsters. But I think in corporate, it's monsters also. There's a different type of monsters, mm-hmm. right? So it's the fear of failure. It's the fear of being let go and not having enough money to cover rent or food. It's the fear of looking bad. It's the fear. And a lot of these fears are things that we developed as kids and they show up as adults and we think that they're rational reasons that are, but what it is, it's it's a fear coming out of us of some not being enough or being incomplete. And, um, and if you can really help an entire organization have greater awareness and openness about what's, what's scary and allowing each other to make it safe for one another, you're creating an environment where people are going to be more resilient. They're going to be able to take on greater challenges. They're going to go after bigger and bigger goals. Um, and they're going to have, you know, each other's backs so that if you need someone to step in and help you, like you've got that trust there because you just shared what you're both scared of and you made yeah. it safe for one another. Yeah. And it works in personal relationships too. Who knew? <laughs> it's like, okay, totally. we're, there's, there's discomfort, there's friction. There's, you know, so like, what, what's the fear here? What, what is it that's the, that's causing that? And there's a reason why Brene Brown is a juggernaut of a thought leader, because I mean, who knew that somebody who studies shame and vulnerability would become one of the most popular thought leaders of our generation. Like that's just, that alone shares or, or proves that this is just a quite a need in, in the work environment and really all over our lives. Um, you know, lovable leadership, that's one of your sub brands. And as somebody who has multiple sub brands, I appreciate this. Yeah. A um, multi-hyphenate is what yeah, exactly. that's what I've been told we're called is multi-hyphenates. Multi, yeah. And I'm a branding person and, and everybody's like, you know, you have to be known for one thing. I'm like, okay, branding, but here's all <laughs> the different ways that that's expressed. Yeah. Um, so how to become super human? What does that mean to you? So I see your Spider-Man chair. You've referenced it once. I am a huge, oh, look. Rock and exit. This is my brand. This literally everything is, is superhero. So this is my hero logo, by the way, if you're watching on video. Yeah. Um, this is my hero logo. I also have my anti-hero logo. I have uh. my, or I'm sorry, this is my alternate logo. This is my anti-hero logo. This is my future logo. And then this is my villain logo. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have them all inside of us. Um, So what does it mean to me? And you have Um, to see his website too. So that's, I mean, you got to go to his website, which is um, jeffgibbard.com, G-I-B-B-A-R-D.com. And you'll see remnants of this, like the pow, you know, like I just love it. it. It's across everything. It's it's, yeah. Um, So so, so take us through those things. Yeah. So the long and short of it is like superheroes have been an instrumental part of my life for my entire life. Um, when I, when I left the world of, I was, um, I owned a marketing agency, social media marketing agency for about a decade. That's the world I was in. And I decided I didn't want to do it anymore because far from being the uniting force that democratized the world and brought us closer together, seeing across divisions of various types, it basically is helping us burn the world down at an accelerating rate. Yeah. I got out of it and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I came home and, uh, I talked to my wife and I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, I know I want to do something that makes the world better, but I don't really know. She was like, I think you should do something with superheroes. And I was like, Babe, I love you. I really do. But like nobody in business will take me seriously if I show up in a superhero shirt talking about, you know, with great power, there must come great responsibility. I love you. I'm going to go and talk to a bunch of my author and speaker friends who have, you know, important consulting and coaching businesses that are very successful. I'm going to talk to them and see what comes back. 12 conversations later, I come back. So basically, everyone started talking about superpowers and superheroes and superhumans and how that's just been part of my brand. So you were right. And um, I'm sorry that I didn't take you seriously initially. Thanks, babe. Thanks. <laughs> um, but part of it is that, you know, I am uh, I'm aggressive about my own 
self-development and growth. And I think that that's something that I can help people with because it's something that I do. Um, my special interest is learning. My special interest is growth and learning how to do things. Um, and so much of what I did in running my agency was the product of, I don't know how to do that. I'll go figure it out. Um, what I learned in my MBA versus what I learned in like the first year of running my business, oh. like not even close in terms yeah. of applicability and 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 usefulness. Um, so the, the whole becoming superhuman part is that I think that there's a process. I started to look at it and I tried to understand like, how is it that I can go about acquiring new abilities and learning new skills? And I came upon what I believe is a formula that it's probably similar to other formulas that are out there. It's my own formula called the superhuman framework. And then there's the superhero code, which is superhumans can become villains or they can become heroes. And it's just a matter of how you use your abilities. And I'm not talking about necessarily super strength or flight or invisibility, although those things are cool, but we all have unique abilities. Every single one of us is good at a thing. And stage one of going from mild-mannered to super-powered is recognizing that we do a thing well. And the stage of going from super-powered to superhuman is realizing that you're good at a lot of things and you can probably be better at more things. And the stage of going from superhuman to superhero is saying, I know that I'm good at a lot of things and I'm going to use those powers to make the world uh, safer, kinder, and more equitable. I'm going to make it a better place with my abilities. So that's sort of the the, the track of things. Um, and we can unpack any of that that you want. I wouldn't even know where to begin. So what, one thing that just pops in my mind, I've said this to my kids for years because they're, they're good looking, highly intelligent, high cog, you know, talented people. And I'm like, you got handed a pretty decent bag in this life. Let's just be real. And so now it's your job to use your powers for the good, because you can take how you can be in branding fellow brander, which I completely missed that that was all over your stuff. But it makes um, sense now. Yeah, it makes it makes sense now for sure. Um, but there's like this very fine line. And to me, as a brander, your leadership is really all about the end game being influence. But if you go over to the dark side with your talents and those skill sets, that can become manipulation. And so it's, you know, are you a manipulator or are you an influencer? And I don't mean influencer as in you're selling, you know, Amazon stuff on Instagram. I mean, like, are you influencing decisions, behaviors, um, change? Uh, so maybe like, I, I love the superhero code. Can you, you know, as, as one of the final things that we talk about, can you just walk us through the various things that you just said? Yeah, sure. I wasn't typing fast enough. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's okay. And I also talk fast. CADHD. Um, so, so I think you, you highlighted something that I, I don't even know if I actually thought about the connection there, but that I have thought about the, the difference between influence and manipulation, right? Like uh, doing all of the things in the lovable leader so that you can progress and have a more functional team versus doing it so that other people can thrive, right? So it's about where you put your focus and inside of the superhero code, there's a couple things that kind of lead to this. You know, empathy is one of them, but I think one of the big ones is self-sacrifice. I, When you look at hero stories, they almost all have an element of self-sacrifice. It is not about you. It's about the greater good, right? Whereas in it, you look at villain tales, um, it's often very egocentric. It's all about them and their own power and their own control. Whereas I think in the superhero side of things, it's not quite as much that. So I think that's a really interesting observation you made about kind of the, the part of leadership influence versus manipulation on the side of 
growing your superpowers and then using them for good. Starting with how do you grow superpowers? Um, I looked at it from a model of there's sort of the acquisition of knowledge. There's the understanding of things at a deeper level. There's the ability to uh, utilize that information in different ways. And then there's the ability to take action, right? So the five components of the superhuman framework are learning, thinking, communication, leadership, and action. Um, and each of those is a meta ability that if you can master those meta abilities, if you can learn to learn, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. And thinking is a necessary component of that because you can't just wrote memorize everything and expect to succeed in the world. You have to be able to think new thoughts of things. You have to be able to build upon other ideas. Think Constructive creatively. Constructive thinking. Yeah, strategically, critically, et cetera. Yeah. Like you need to be able to look at things from a lot of different ways of thinking. Like you can't just take things at face value and expect to succeed. Once you've learned things and you've thought about them and, and you kind of deeply understand things, now you have to be able to communicate those things. It's not enough for them to be locked in your head. Now you need to do things with that information. So communicating leads into the opportunity to lead others towards something. And that action is your ability to get in there and actually do it or organize people to make things happen. So when I look at what it takes to become superhuman, if we just like take all that aside and you say like, well, I want to be greater than I am now. Well, you have to either know something new, be able to deeply understand something new, communicate something that moves people into action or take action yourself. Those are kind of the sum total of things that exist for people yeah. to do. Um, and then it's only a matter of how do you apply those? So if you apply those to protect people, care for people, make people feel seen, help people avoid harm. Those are superhero ways of being. And if you use it to further your own ends, it's kind of villainous or can be at least. There's a couple of things that I want to touch on there. And the first one is just a little bit from a female perspective, if I may. Um, you know, you said part of the superhuman code is self-sacrifice. It's about the greater good. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. And it is it is proven scientifically that people who use their gifts in service to other humans are joyful people. Those are the people who have happy lives. So I just, but because this is a female audience for the most part, um, we have a lot of male listeners. So bombshell boys, listen up because this is what's real for a lot of women. We hear self-sacrifice, but because of the way we were conditioned growing up and maybe less so now than like my generation, Gen X or baby boomers, I would say that the millennials still have a little bit of this. And, you know, hopefully we were smart enough to raise our Gen Zs a little bit differently, but we were conditioned not just to self-sacrifice, but to self-betray. And there's a huge difference there. Self-sacrifice is I'm making a choice that is not in the, the highest interest of me, but it is for the greater good. And I will actually get something out of the greater good if I make this personal sacrifice. That is a that's something that's healthy if not done too frequently, if there's balance there. Self-betrayal, on the other hand, is I am negating my values. I am negating who I am as a person in order to accommodate how you need for me to be. And those are two totally different things. So I just want to put a little time out on that. Yes. Um, yes. Can I add one thing to that? Because I'm sure. so glad you brought this up. So when I first built this, I'm a white dude, right? So like, <laughs> I, I, not that I like live in, in, in an enclave of simply white dudes, but like I have the perspective of someone who's sure. the way I have. Absolutely. Right. So when I created all of this, I sought out external feedback. 
And a friend of mine, Christina Blacken, who if you don't know, by the way, you should know, you'd love her. You should have her on the show. She's incredible. Okay. But she looked over my list and she helped me to write it and and say it in a way that was more what I think I intended to get at than what I had said and provided things that I hadn't even thought of. So here's actually what's written under the part about self-sacrifice. I'm so glad that you brought this up because I'm so glad I get to actually say this. So <laughs> self-sacrifice in the superhero code means the following. I am willing to put others, other people's needs over my self-interest for the greater good of the community or the mission I'm in service of with boundaries for meeting my own needs in healthy and productive ways. Oh, you just gave me the goosies, Jeff. Right? That's brilliant. Yeah, I didn't write that part. She, okay. <laughs> wrote, she she rewrote a bunch of these in here, but so much of it was about that point, which is that, you know, for someone in, who grew up in my situation, the idea of doing things in a way that ultimately didn't serve me or didn't end up, wind up still having all the doors open for me is it just, it's not a thing of the experience of someone who grows up like me. Whereas the perspective that she brought on is that there's a lot of people that will basically self-sacrifice for somebody else's benefits and it'll come back to harm them mm -hmm. or they'll they'll they won't even set healthy boundaries or things like so there's all of these considerations that Be again girl yeah exactly so thank you for giving me the opportunity actually uh to to read that part and to give christina a shout out yeah shout out to christina well done well done team and well done for you for like understanding that your perspective is not the only one and and to get other um, understandings of how your words are going to impact, you know, other people. So that just means y'all that you have to get the lovable leader, um, available at lovableleader.com to d dive a little bit deeper into these concepts that Jeff's talking about. Cause we can only do so much, you know, in a short podcast episode. And, and obviously, you know, everything that you've presented here has been amazing. Um, the other thing that popped out at me was, um, let's see here utilize learning thinking. Oh, okay. The other thing is, you know, you and I have a high capacity for processing a lot of information. I mean, you, we, that's yeah. just what our brains do. And so if I'm more of a linear thinker and you're asking me to be a strategic thinker, to be a critical thinker and to have lots of different ideas, to quickly process new information, like that's, how do I do that? If I'm not a you, Jeff? Um, so for a while, especially when I first started this, I was like, everybody should take a speed reading course, listen to your audiobooks at 3x speed like I do. And like, I started like running this by people and they were like, yo, that doesn't work for me. You're making your psycho. That's yeah. Like, they're, yeah, no, they were like, that doesn't work for me. I think that what I kind of came to better understand is like, you have to figure out what are the limits of yourself that you can push? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you can do for yourself to understand how you best learn, how you best can understand new concepts? Find those because the the skill of the, the meta learning skills here, the learning, thinking, communicating, leading and action, those are deeply personal to each of us. So the way that I intake and process information is not the way a lot of people process and intake information. And I also want to make sure it's clear. It doesn't mean it's better. It is just different mm -hmm. because there's a lot of information that I cannot process the way kind of quote unquote normal people can. Mm -hmm. Audio Audio instructions to me are often... Followed by me going, huh? And, uh -huh. Then being, and then being like, wait, hold on. I think I, no, I don't understand. Can you say it again? Can you draw me a picture? Draw me a picture. I'll yeah. understand if you draw me a picture. This obsession with video consumption, like people will send me videos and I'm like, A, I'm not going to retain it. B, it's noisy and I'm in a waiting room. Like, can you just give me a book? Like, can you just yeah. give me an article, a good old fashioned blog post, please? Like, can I just yeah. process this in my own speed? 
own speed being key. Own speed is huge. Huge. I can read yeah. so much faster than I can watch a video waiting for you to get to the point. So, yeah. you know, we all have different, I, I just appreciate you um, unpacking that a little bit more because we all do have different ways of um, consuming. So I feel like we just tried to cram five episodes into one. So we're probably going to have to have you back on the show at some point. And you should come on shareable. Let's do like a bunch of these. Like you're like super fun to talk to. And I feel like there's so many concepts we tried to fit into this one. (laughs) You're a multi-hyphenate. I'm a multi-hyphenate. Let's make it a whole series. Let's start a podcast. No, don't let me start. Don't let me start another project. Yeah, we're not starting. Okay, here's here's our pack. I'll come on your show. (laughs) We can talk about a series, but we're not going to start a podcast or a business. Pinky promise. (laughs) Uh, Can't do it. Let me think. Okay, pinky promise. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. So I always ask this question of everybody. I'm very super, super intrigued to hear what yours is going to be. Um, but every guest gets asked, what is the parting piece of advice that you would offer a bombshell, a bold, brave, a waverly confident woman in business and our bombshell boys too, but primarily to the ladies, what would that be? It doesn't have to be anything we even talked about. Just any piece of advice to, to remain in that sense of purpose and grounded like a mighty oak. Yeah, it's it's tough because categorically it would change. So I'll just speak from where I am right now and what is kind of like most present for me. Sure. So uh, I don't know when this will come out, but I can say that this year on uh, my birthday, my father went to his deathbed and two days later on my daughter's birthday, he passed away. Oh. So we get really wrapped up in what do I have to accomplish? What do I have to do? Business, climbing the ladder, peers at work and friction and dumb nonsense. And I'll just say that stuff's all important and we should definitely always be looking for, you know, what it is that we want to accomplish in life and what we want to do and what's important to us. But I'll just say, if there's one piece of parting advice, it is uh, call someone you love and tell them that you love them because you don't know how many times you get to do that. And you don't know when the last time is going to be. And I can assure you, having just done the last call, uh, it's brutal. So you don't want to look back and say, I should have called that person more. I should have talked to that person more. I should have let them know what they meant to me. And I'm glad because, you know, my father and I were very close and I I let him know how much he meant to me Mm. um, many times. So it wasn't like there was a lot left on the table that didn't get said, Um, but it still stings when you can't call him back up. So call someone that's important to you today. And tell them that you love them and tell them what they mean to you. Thank them. Be grateful for them because you just never know what life's going to hand you. Mm, I love that. And that's, that comes from such a sincere place. So definitely appreciate that. So um, if you would like more of this depth of understanding of what it takes to truly lead in this wonky, crazy world that we live in these days. It's the greatest time to be alive. It's truly the most successful time in human history. We have more opportunities, more resources, but because of all of that, it also, you know, there's always the shadow side to the light and it's a weird world to navigate. So I think, you know, following Jeff is, is going to bring you some positivity. Um, you have to check out his Instagram, his Facebook. And of course, you know, I always ask you to connect with people on LinkedIn because we are business women and LinkedIn is where business gets done. So we will put all of those accounts in the show notes, but if you're looking it's Jay Gibbard or, uh, well, Jay Gibbard on LinkedIn, Jay Gibbard on Instagram and Jay Gibbard LLC on easiest, Facebook. easiest thing to do. Just go to jaygibbard.com. It's like a main menu that goes to everything. I've done enough of these that I, I used to give out like 30 links. Just go to jaygibbard.com. It has links to my socials as links to all my content. Please read my blog. 
of anything I do, that's my favorite thing. I love to write. So my blog is my favorite thing. It's called Becoming Superhuman. I love it. Yeah. So he's kind of got like a link tree thing here. And there is the Explore Hyperfocus, which is a total superpower of ours. So I definitely want to see that too. Of course, they can get your book um, at lovableleader.com. And then um, you have a podcast too. So can you give us a little 30 second commercial on your podcast and what that's about? Sure. Uh, Shareable is part of the Shareable Podcast Network, which is my podcast network. Uh, it's my longest running show. I've been doing it since I think 2017, 2016. Uh, it started as a show exploring the impact of people and technology on our lives. And now I'm looking at what makes something shareable? So generally it's stories, it's practical tips and useful information. It's uh, things that are entertaining, things that are informative. So I just try to always talk with you know remarkably brilliant people and pass along something that's worth telling someone about. I love it. So it's shareable. Okay. So um, those are all the different ways. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance with us today. It's Thanks been for having me. This is awesome. Such a pleasure, truly. And Bombshell, thank you for taking your time as well. I mean, we know that you are just crazy busy with everything that you have going on. And the fact that you took the time to spend it with me and Jeff today is is just truly everything and um, and why I continue to do this show. So if you got something from this, especially, let me just tell you this, especially if you have somebody um, who's on the spectrum or has ADD, ADHD, then share this with them because I want them, if they're struggling right now, to see that there are two people here who successfully run businesses, you know, maybe not every day so successful, but, you know, overall it's successful, who are happy and fulfilled in their work. And I think that, you know, especially if that person's male, to be able to point to Jeff and show what that looks like, that's really important to me who has a lot of people in my life who are neurodivergent um, to find these type of people to be like, look, look, right, right there, there's proof, it can happen. Um, and then, you know, if, if this in any other capacity, lit your heart on fire, because we all need to be lovable leaders and then share this, share this with your teams. Um, especially if you lead other leaders, this is a great episode to share, um, or share it with another leader that, that you, um, just want to bless for the day. And of course we would always appreciate a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast or give us a like and comment on YouTube. Um, which we don't really promote, but I'll take any love there that you want to give us. Uh, I think I have like three listeners who love it. So we just keep doing it, but one day we'll get it together. Um, I'm starting to get settled more in the state of Florida and um, creativity is coming back as well as bandwidth. So I treasure your listenership and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out thebombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.